Dallas Willard writes in Renovation of the Heart that walking closely with God is a burden only and precisely in the same way that wings are a burden to a bird or an engine is a burden to an airplane. It is that life that lets us soar. I want to talk to you about that for a few minutes. I want to start by remembering the words to Psalm 121. We've talked about them before, only this time as you listen to them, notice the word that keeps recurring. Now, make this your prayer for this day. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my strength or help come from? My strength comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. He who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over your life. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. And you might have noticed the word that keeps cropping up is watch, watching. The Lord is the watcher. It actually can also be translated, Eugene Peterson writes about this, the one who guards because it's a special kind of watching. It's not judgmental watching. It's not that God is up there with a critical eye looking for where you mess up. It's not even neutral watching. It's not the watching of a spectator. It's the watching that a mother gives over a child that she dearly loves. It's the watching that a coach gives of a team that the coach wants to soar to higher heights. So really, this great Psalm 121 might be called an invitation to the watched life. And we might distinguish between the watched life and the unwatched life. The life that is lived under the guard and care and protection and oversight of God, and then the life that's not. And if I was going to distinguish between the watched life and the unwatched life in a single word based on this psalm, that word would be anxiety. Because if there is no one watching over my life, I'm on my own. If I want good outcomes, they're going to have to be up to me. If I'm going to secure my safety and my well-being, if anybody's going to protect me, if anybody's going to look out for me, it's going to have to be me. And that becomes an anxious burden. So a bit about the anxiety of the unwatched life. This is from our friend Steve Cuss. Steve says that anxiety can occur basically in four spaces in your life. And you might watch for this today. It can occur within me in my own spirit, in my own heart. You might pause for a moment just to see how much anxiety is there in you. And then secondly, it can occur in the space between you and me because all relationships are characterized by anxiety or by its absence. And then third, anxiety can occur in the other person. And then fourth, anxiety can occur between other people, maybe other people at your work or in your family. So 
four areas, Steve says, that three of them I can do something about. And most of my attention ought to be the anxiety that's taking place within my space right here. But I can also work on that my relationship with you or with other people. Just notice it to begin with. And other people that I work with or play with or worship with. The one space that I can do nothing about is anxiety that is in the other person. Anxiety that is in you. That is holy ground. That is between you and God. Now, the um, evidence of anxiety, Steve says, is not so much um, fear or worry as what is sometimes called reactivity. That is, when I'm facing a situation, might be difficult, might be challenging, and instead of responding to it out of what I value most, instead of walking through it together with God, I'm on my own, and I respond impulsively, I respond without thinking carefully. I respond without asking God about it. And uh, I allow my emotions and my fear to lead the way. Dallas has a wonderful little passage on what happens as we increasingly live uh, life together with God like a bird on a wing. This is one of the characteristics of people that do that is when they are found to be in the wrong, they will never defend it. Neither to themselves nor to others, much less to God. This is pretty amazing. They are thankful to be found out. I'm not quite there yet. Sometimes they are thankful to to be found out. And they fulfill the proverb, reprove the wise person and they will love you. Indeed, when accused of being in the wrong, when they are not, they will not defend themselves but will say only as much as is required to prevent misunderstanding of the good and to assist those who truly desire to know the facts of the case. Thus, the meaning of being justified by grace alone has penetrated to every pore of their being and they rest there in human relations as well as God. I was very struck by those words from Dallas and particularly by the idea that that notion of being justified by grace can become an abstract theological principle rather than a spiritual reality that gets into every pore of my body when I am deeply justified. Now the invitation from God is to live under his watchful care. And one of the signs of anxiety, Steve says, is when I notice that I'm no longer noticing that God is present in me. Anxiety is extremely contagious and it fills up those spaces in between us very, very quickly. And so when I notice that, I can't flip a switch. I cannot make myself stop feeling anxious. But what I can do is invite God to come into this space. Um, If you want to know if a person, for example, if you want to know if a leader is anxious, don't ask the leader, are you anxious? Ask the members of the leader's team if the leader's anxious, and they will know. And anxiety often comes up, Steve says, when I'm not getting something that I think I need. So King Saul was an anxious leader back in the Old Testament. You might remember one day the people were singing this hymn, Uh, Saul has slain his thousands, David his tens of thousands. And Saul said to himself, I need the praise that they're giving to David. And ultimately, he took a spear and threw it at David, trying to pin him against the wall. When you have leaders throwing spears, trying to pin people on their team against the wall, you know you got anxiety in the system. And anxiety gets into every system. 
And the invitation is to simply bring it to God. I, I give a talk and then I think I need for people to believe that this talk went well. I'll talk about this with other people that are in communications, pastors or something. It's the weirdest thing. If I give a talk someplace and it goes great, I want to stick around and talk with people as long as they want to. You got questions, want to talk about some observation? I'll drive around the parking lot a couple of times. Anybody left here that wants to talk about it? But if I feel like the talk goes bad and I'm anxious because I'm not going to get what it is that I think I need for people to believe that it went well, well, then that's a problem. That's a problem. Now, uh, the opposite of anxiety, as Steve talks about it, and other folks do as well, is not so much a sense of relaxation or an absence of fear, it's curiosity. Very interesting. The classic experiment that looks at anxiety and detachment with little infants is called the strain situation. A little toddler will um, uh, be next to his mother or caregiver, and then she leaves the room, a stranger is present, and that infant will get anxious. Then when the mom comes back in, if there's a secure sense of attachment, pretty soon the infant will be reassured and feel secure, but they don't just sit next to their mom, they go explore the room. And this is a little picture of dominion. We were made to explore. We were made to have adventures. We were made for curiosity. Anxiety gets in the way. Anxiety says, pull back and retreat. Curiosity says, go forth and explore. And we were made for that. But we have this problem of a, uh, a divine attachment disorder. So now the invitation today is to enter into the watched life. There is one who is watching over me and watching over you, so I don't have to be worried or concerned. I, there is nothing that I need that God is not able to provide and that he will not provide in an ultimate eternal sense. Nothing can separate me from his love. So now today, be curious, be attached to him, lift up your eyes beyond the hills to the one who made them. Walk together with him. See you next time.